Hello, everybody. Welcome to Reaction Shots for June. I checked ahead of time this time. Uh, very honored to be joined by two special guests today, uh, Gabby and Dennis. Uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? Uh, Gabby, we can start with you. Hi, I'm Gabby. <laughs> um, I work uh, in post-production as an assistant. I worked on YouTube's Weird City, um, Hulu's High Fidelity, and Ava DuVernay's uh, Charge the Day. Very cool. And Dennis, how about you? Um, Dennis Dortch. I am a filmmaker turned entrepreneur. So I did one feature film back in 2008. And then I spun off a sort of like a streaming platform for black people called black and sexy tv and that's what i've been working on since then yeah 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 uh i was introduced to dennis through shola uh yes. who used to work with huber and i back at game trailers gotcha 100, got 100 yeah. years ago okay. uh editor fellow editor along with yeah. myself uh huber introduce introduce yourself i'm <laughs> huber <laughs> Part of Easy Allies. Used yeah. to work with Shola over at Game Trailers. <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah. Game Trailers. Um, yeah, so uh, just in light of everything that's going on and stuff, and I think like mirrored, a few of the comments of the patrons mirrored, I think, my own experience too, where it was like, I you know, I always thought I was pretty well versed in film in like most areas and stuff. And then I started looking into films by black creators and I realized like I had some pretty glaring omissions personally. Uh, and so this last month between episodes has been illuminating for me, filling in those gaps and watching some stuff that I missed, you know? Um, and it's been great. And I just thought like, who better to talk about it with than Dennis and Gabby, people I were introduced to and a friend of mine who work in the industry, you know? And uh, yeah, so I don't know. And uh, a happy coincidence. I didn't think about this, but uh, this episode goes public on June, June 19th. 18th? Yeah, Juneteenth. Yeah. So what a weird synchronicity there. But um <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you've heard me talk about this before, viewers and listeners, but I mean, obviously, do what you can. Listen, learn. Uh, shit is fucked. <laughs> um, but before we get into the subject for today, we start usually with what have you liked recently? Uh, can be anything. On to I mean, most of the things I liked recently were for this episode, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, anybody have anything that jumps out at them that they want to talk about real quick? Gabby, Dennis, anything you saw recently that? Sure. Um, I watched the series Normal People. Oh, um, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, on it's on Hulu. It was. I I'm more of a TV person than a, a movie person. I watch a lot of movies, but I like and you know I majored in television, so that's my like main focus. And it it is like. I couldn't take my eyes off it. Like I didn't even want to look at my phone the entire time and not much is going on. It's just a lot of like people talking to each other and like, you know, the cool gray skies of Ireland, but it's like, it is a bummer. Be aware of that. <laughs> but, um, it's, it was 
really beautifully written, really well performed. And yeah, just a beautiful like meditation on love and a beautiful love story. It was, yeah, I really loved it. That's one of my wife's like favorite books recently. She read the book really? a while back, but hasn't, hasn't watched the show yet. I've oh, heard it's a very faithful adaptation. Nice. So. She, like, she's she's very critical of adaptations so that's good okay. to know oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. i i would recommend not watching it with anyone you're not in a relationship with because <laughs> the sex scenes are <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. really okay that's all you had to say <laughs> yeah I'm on board. Well, people, got Most it people <laughs> let me text my long. fiance now <laughs> <laughs> It's a date. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Episode two or three has like a nine minute sex scene in the beginning. And I was like, it's really long. I was watching it by myself and I was like, should I be? Like, <laughs> You're like, uh. Yeah, you should just relax. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the volume way up. <laughs> so my neighbors are like, yeah. like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I really liked it. <laughs> I haven't seen that show, but Gabby, have you have you watched the end of the fucking world on? No, you recommended it to me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think it'd be up your alley. It's got (laughs) long sex scenes. It's really depressing, and it has very awkward sex stuff in it. I don't don't like that, (laughs) Gabby. We know you're a perv. Okay, it's fine. (laughs) If it doesn't have a nine minute sex scene, I'm not watching. (laughs) I'm out. If it's not Gaspar Noe, you're out. Uh, anything else you've liked recently, or, uh, or I'll put Dennis on the spot. Like Sesame Street. Yeah, yep. I've heard that show's great. Actually, the HBO Max Sesame Street. <laughs> I saw a clip from it where Elmo's dad explained what racism is to him, and I yep. was like, "All right, all yeah, right." Um, my roommate and I were rewatching Miyazaki movies. You know, always good. Yeah. And. Uh, oh, Tales from the Loop. Loved that. Still got to finish that. Great. Great show. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Dennis, you see anything lately that you liked? Well, I got to preface this. I hardly watch anything. <laughs> but I did see by accident on HBO Max. I didn't realize I had it because I had HBO. <laughs> then it suddenly yeah. Max. <laughs> HBO Max is so confusing. I don't know. It's, it was a total... It's a, it's a total launch, like, <laughs> could I ask? But anyways, I don't know how you can have that much money and just fuck it up. But yeah. anyway, it's, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. But I did see a documentary on the Apollo Theater that I was just amazed Ooh. by. Oh, cool. I literally was just like, whoa. Cause I, I was, just, let me just watch it. Cause I went, I was curious. I like music. Music is my kind of my first thing I, I go to. That was good. And then I ended up watching um, High Fidelity, the series. Oh, really? I loved it. Like that's oh. my speed. I I was pleasantly surprised. I was my speed. I was just like, man, this is really good. And I I typically don't like Zoe Kravitz. I'm just not a fan. <laughs> it's the first time I actually liked her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I uh, I am unfortunately under NDA, so I don't can't say too much. But thank you for enjoying. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, something to do with the show? Is that what happened? Oh, yeah, I was a, I was a post assistant on it. Yeah. Oh, I guess I missed that. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Congratulations. Boom. You want to be hanging? Okay. Okay, thank you. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. That Apollo Theater documentary sounds cool. I have HBO Now? 
which I think on stuff that's not Roku becomes HBO Max, but I use a Roku so I don't get HBO Max yet. Uh, it's all well, now, so confusing. The latest I heard last week was that they're axing HBO Go to make yeah. it less. Powerful. I thought it was gone already. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I thought it was gone. Yeah, I don't even HBO know. HBO Go is HBO Max so or will good. be HBO Max soon. But so will HBO Now if your god- <laughs> grandfather didn't. Like, it makes no sense. I don't know. But if you only have HBO linear cable, that means you no longer have online access because that's what HBO Go was. No, if you have have HBO cable, you get HBO Max automatically. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Figure that out. That's great. I love... (laughs) I love that HBO Max is so confusing. This is like the third show where we've tried to figure out what the fuck HBO Max is. Oh, man. Uh, Huber, you like anything lately or is everything just a hellscape? Everything's a hellscape, but I'm actually currently obsessed with bark skins. The hell is that? Dude, like zero people are watching. Like 50,000 viewers guaranteed getting canceled. (laughs) (laughs) But it's Dude, it's based on this book from a Pulitzer Prize winning author, the same author that did like Brokeback Mountain. Uh, And it's a recent novel of hers. It came out in 2016. And it's about the Hudson Bay Company in like the Northeast in the 1600s. And it's about like deforestation and basically white people coming and taking everything over and like how they kill the Native Americans and I guess the book covers like 300 years be- because the show's going to get canceled. There's no way we're getting past like this one year, but <laughs> dude, I'm on like episode they 300 six. seasons. Yeah. I'm on episode six and there's only eight episodes. So I have a few more to go and I'm just like, so into it, man. What is it love. on? It's on Hulu. All eight episodes wow. are out. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Bark skins. Bark skins. Little, little, Kind of gets convoluted and a little confusing at times, but freaking good. If I can follow budget? Dark, I could follow that. I can follow anything. <laughs> what were you saying, Dennis? Or yeah, Dennis, what was is it a big budget uh, series? Uh, it, it seems pretty high budget. It has like Marcia Gay Harden and David Thewlis. Um, no other like big, big names, but yeah, like it, it's really beautifully shot. It's very natural. So like now in the quarantine, it's really cool because they're always um, out in the woods and stuff. So, really, really cool show. Oh, Here I watched um, uh, The Great on Hulu, the Catherine the Great oh. show. Um, and How was I hated the pilot, but I loved the rest of it. Dude, I'm a Nicholas Holt fan. He's um, <laughs> he's like his performance is great, but he's plays a really bad person. And in the pilot, it's pretty clear to me like they shot the pilot months in advance because like everyone's wig is cheap. And like, you know, Nicholas Holt's character is like inexcusably bad in a way that I don't want to watch. But yeah. then the rest of it, is like, he's so much better. Ugh, it's really fun. It's really fun. Have you? Have either of you? Have any of you ever seen The Nick? A uh, little bit. Clive Owen. It was. I never finished it. Yeah, I, I never finished season two because it was just so oppressively depressing. But yeah, uh, season two. Yep. Moonlight, uh, old oldest kevin is uh yeah. the doctor from that and i love that guy so it got me in a, in a nick mood i don't remember that actor's name currently but uh he's awesome anyway yeah. uh i saw a weird like 
micro budget movie on Amazon because somebody I don't even know who recommended it, but called The Vast of Night. I think Don recommended it, maybe. But then I found out after I saw it that he hadn't even watched it, so I was like, "Why'd you <laughs> recommend this movie?" But it was like a really—it's funny. It's like it reminded me of like Coherence, which is a really cool sci-fi like micro budget. Sort of like I, I have I have a soft spot for these like micro budget sci-fi things like Primer or Coherence or this, um, but this one's set in the fifties and they like hear some signal. They're like radio station and phone operator people, and they like hear a signal and they're like, "Well, what is that?" Um, it's cute. It's cool. The characters are kind of fun. Um, I also just just to like decompress my brain, I started watching Shit's Creek. Because mm, several people, things about that. several right. people have told me it's good. Yeah, I like it. I'm in season two now. It's uh, my hope. It's very white. <laughs> my hope is they kind of like yeah, like there are like a few you know non-white characters, but it's like yeah. yeah, but it's like hella white. Same with Vast of Night, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I like Eugene Levy. Uh. I Catherine met him one time. He was very nice. What? Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara, just a god. Um, she's so bizarre in that show. It's hilarious. <laughs> she like intentionally mispronounces every vowel, like to yeah, because she has like putting on airs of like being just super fancy hoity-toity accent. Yeah, yeah, but it's like bad, <laughs> but it's like on purpose bad. It's good stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, let's hop in. So the first, uh, so I just asked, you know, the patrons a series of questions, patreon.com slash easy allies, $7 and up. You can jump into the film club. I actually updated my favorite film list after I saw one of the movies for this episode. It made my top 10. I fucking love Moonlight. You're obsessed. The movie was made for you. Oh my God. It's so good. (laughs) Anyway, we'll talk about Moonlight, but, um, yeah. So the first question I asked was just like, what films by black creators would you recommend? And I included in that directors, writers, you know, anything. Uh, Got a lot of good comments. Um, So I guess the way we could do this is I could read through the comments. And if anything hops out at anybody, we can just go off on a tangent about it. Uh, Javin Mather or Javin Mather says, if Beale Street Could Talk was their film of 2018. Great. Great. I just watched that one yesterday, actually, for the first time. Uh, James Baldwin. Uh, James Baldwin, Dickens yeah. Double hitter. Yeah. Double uh, header? Hitter? Du- double double header? 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 Double header is two games in one day. You're the baseball guy. Yeah. You tell us, baseball. Yeah. No, it, it is. Is that, is that what you were looking for? You think so? Okay. Um... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, Beale Street, man, like, uh, Gabby, you put it the best way when we were talking about it yesterday, just like dread, just this dread pervades this movie. Right. Uh, Anytime you see anything from the past, you're like, oh no, is this going to be the time where we see, you know, wait, are we talking about spoilers? Uh, we usually like avoid-ish spoilers, but. I mean, okay. Whatever. I mean, I guess you find out immediately that the that that Fonny's in prison. So yeah, really. Um, but anytime you see them in the past, you think like, oh my god, is this going to be the day that we see like 
why he's going to prison or you know how the police found him or whatever it just well and just <laughs> such dread the palpable tension of because like i just was so afraid that things would get worse yeah yeah it's one definitely one of those movies where i'm just like no like i just want you to be happy right the dramatic irony of it all is really is tough to watch for yeah sure. uh huber dennis have either of you seen if beale street could talk it's mm-hmm. uh real good powerful may uh directed by uh uh barry jenkins so moonlight Got i've it. seen it you have uh, seen it yes i also yeah. know barry very well <laughs> oh really together from his first film san francisco i forgot what the hell it was called the life of me but yes so um i couldn't take it to be honest I yeah didn't like no. um, you didn't like it you said did not i oh. I went there like I'm ready for this film and I think my expectations were probably too high and I literally mm. like, I don't understand why I don't like the, I know why I don't like the film but it is what it is um, Moonlight I dug I got it stuff I think he got into a new groove Bill Street I, I, I personally think he sometimes when I watch indie films I think people try to be really indie for no reason that's what I felt about Bill Street it was just mm. like why are we watching these people not say anything for five minutes. I don't understand. <laughs> and gave me each other's eyes. I'm like, dude, <laughs> let's move this along. You know what I'm saying? That's how I felt personally. That's fair. That's I'm fair. a hater, but yeah, I was just like, and I'm, I wanted to, to be real. I wanted to be there and I wanted to be a great experience, but I had a hard time. Mm-hmm. I definitely. Like that other film <laughs> that I turned off. <laughs> but, I was in a theater, so I was stuck. But anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I liked Moonlight way, way more. Uh, yeah, I, like I liked Beale Street, but I didn't like. You know, it didn't set me over the moon like Moonlight. Uh, pun not intended. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or intended. Uh, it's funny <laughs> what you said about films trying to be too indie. My my like flagship example of that for me is um itumama tambien when it just like spins out and the narrator describes like random ass other people like the dude on the boat it's like he lived to be 60 and then he died for no reason i'm just like i don't give a shit like why are you trying to be cute like what is this (laughs) like that movie bothered me but whatever i've not seen that movie Eh. i like other movies by but uh not that yeah. Oh, yeah. Like all his other stuff, I love. But uh, would you kindly has a whole big list for us? Oh, so, great. Uh, yeah. Uh, just I'm just gonna rattle them all off. Uh, I am not your Negro. Shame. Uh, Moonlight. If Beale Street could talk. In the shame. what? Shame. Shame. Just because it's directed by C. McQueen, I guess. Oh, yeah. This I... is films okay. by black creators. Yeah. 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 I, I always get it confused with. There's the um, or no, I'm thinking of Crash, Ian. I always get the crashes confused. <laughs> yeah, the two very different crashes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's 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 trash garbage crash, and then there's Cronenberg's crash, which is yeah, yeah. about people who get horny from car crashes. Yeah, yeah. which is very upsetting. Oh yeah, I did confuse those two. <laughs> I was thinking it was the same movie, but the oh, right. no. <laughs> one one was. The guy getting molested or, or or punked by a cop, and the other one was yes. 
quadriplegics in a chair cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, announcing it right. Yes. Wow. Having sex with each other's car crash wounds. I didn't see that one, but I saw a clip and I was like, okay. Yeah. Cronenberg's <laughs> crash, I saw real young. And I remember being very uncomfortable with it. I yeah. never saw. I never I saw. I think it Oscar's has nine minute sex crash. scenes, Gabby. Oh, I'm sure it does. <laughs> I'm in. I lost a million dollar bet to my friend's mom because I I bet that the song It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp is from Crash and not um, Hustle and Flow. (laughs) So I owe her a million dollars. Yeah, you just got bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, you you just throwing millies around? What the shit? (laughs) Is there something about you I don't know, Gabby? Again. Uh, that list was half done. I don't remember where I left off. You left off on shame. Uh, shame. Oh, yeah. Uh, Moonlight, Beale Street, In the Heat of the Night, Boys in the Hood, Timbuktu, Waiting to Exhale, Killer of Sheep, uh, Sweet Sweetback's Badass oh, Song. That's one of my favorite movies. Talk about that. Someone else. That was an inspiration for my movie. I love that movie. It yeah, okay. is a horrible movie. It's not a great movie, but I love the movie. <laughs> it's Mario Van Peebles, right? Yes. No, Melvin. His, his father. Oh, Melvin, his dad. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I think uh, Mario did a narrative version of making that movie, which was a uh, had Kareem and Westbrook in it, which was called Badass. 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 That's yeah, how it's all stretched out. But the original yeah. one, it's literally just a poem. <laughs> it's literally a poem for like 70 minutes. And he's trying to escape the man, you know, the cops. He got framed for something or whatever, but it literally stylistically, and it was the very beginning of black exploitation, which is a, a you know a genre that I really love. Yeah. Uh, would I watch it over and over again? No, because it's <laughs> hard to follow. You know what I mean? It doesn't uh, yeah. really have a narrative, but it's one of the most poetic expression of blackness. You know, has ever been like sort of on film. You know oh man. I mean? Yeah. Cool. I gotta watch that. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I, haven't list, seen that. I didn't get to it. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned In the Heat of the Night earlier, and that's one of my favorites for sure. It was Sidney Poitier. My dad showed me that one. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I love that movie. They remade that movie, didn't they? Did they? they? I think they did. I feel like they did, yeah. yeah. I'll look it up, but... Probably can't be better, right? <laughs> no, the original is so great. Wow. Okay. Intense. Really intense movie. Uh... Have any of you seen? It's free on Shutter right now. There's a documentary called Horror Noir: A History of Black Horror Films. Some there's a subtitle, but I can't remember what it was. But um, they there's a whole. It's funny because it's mostly horror, but it actually kind of gets through like film history in general. Um, it's really really good, and they made it free right now on Shutter. Uh, <laughs> highly recommended. I think I tweeted it the other day too. Uh, but um there's a whole section in the middle about exploitation films. And, uh, I mean, they, they mostly focus on Blackula, but, uh, (laughs) I always, I've always loved the, what's that? Nothing. (laughs) Blackenstein? It's not a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) I've always, the, the idea of the exploitation era, genre, whatever, has always been really fascinating to me because it's like, people like super small budget just trying to take advantage of a niche audience Mm -hmm. 
sometimes literally taking advantage of people and other times giving uh control to like a lot of black exploitation films had black directors and black crews and stuff right, right. which is cool um yeah you said dennis that's a favorite genre of yours oh yeah i made a short film that i went, went to slam dance in it and I guess 99 it was a long time ago <laughs> and and i i was watching you know like surreal films like fellini you know benwell and then i was watching the, in the 90s you know how 20 years ago the 70s comes back in so there were there was like a sort of a black exploitation uh um festival happening or just kind of a review happening at the new art i think or one of those independent theaters so the mix came together and um I don't know, just what's happening now as far as the protests is kind of the sort of boiling pot or the era that those films came out of. Yes, they were definitely became exploitive more than anything else, but the initial was the sort of like, how can we get black people's voice out, protests, anger, things that we care about, things that are going on in the city, you know, in our community. Um, so it was a more of a protest, you know, sort of movement in theory. Um, and they also had like a lot of, um, I mean, obviously, a lot of people were able to get the work, like you were saying, who were black behind the behind in front of the camera, obviously, but behind the camera more than ever before. So, really, yeah, yeah. In the in the horror noir documentary, they have the director of um, Blackula on there, and he's talking about about the process of that and like pushing back at the studio to be like, no, it's got to be this way, you know, and like how he was fighting that and like made con they made concessions they let him do stuff and it's really cool like groundbreaking stuff highly okay. recommend that documentary it was a really fun watch on shutter you said yeah I want to watch it's on that. shutter yeah of all places um they also have a good uh if you end up doing a trial or whatever i watched some of those cursed films episodes they were really cool uh i watched the exorcist and the crow and it's fun because like it's a show about films that are allegedly cursed you know and like Going in, I was like, oh, maybe they're, it's going to be like Ghost Adventures where they're going to like take it seriously. But like every episode is just like, curses aren't real. <laughs> like just a bunch of bad stuff happened. Oh, you mean like like things behind the scenes that went wrong? Yeah. Okay. Like like people thinking that like the set of The Exorcist was like literally... Because of all the people that died? Yeah, haunted by demons and stuff. And like The Crow, like they talk the about like... Helicopter cut off the actor's head. Down, yeah, yeah kind, that one's yeah. one of the, that one's on one of the episodes. Yeah, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, people. Yeah, uh, Shutter. Who knew? Showing up. <laughs> AMC. Does AMC own that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah, that makes sense because the catalog is Creep Show is on there, right? I think so. I need, I need to watch that. It's like a ten out of ten. Alexa thought I said her name. Uh, <laughs> Natalie says uh, Spike Lee is one of the best filmmakers of all time. Shh, Alexa, quiet. Uh, Spike Lee is one of the best filmmakers of all time. Yet his documentary work is often overlooked, in my opinion. When the Levees Broke is a life-changing four-part documentary detailing the life before, during, and after the devastation in New Orleans left uh, by Hurricane Katrina. The follow-up, God Willing and De Creek Don't Rise, goes even further in depth. Checking in on New Orleans a few years after Katrina, 
and also documents the BP oil spill in its aftermath. They're on HBO. Check them out if you haven't already. I haven't seen any of those. I've seen <laughs> most of his narrative films, maybe all, but yeah, I haven't seen any of his documentaries. Any of you seen those? <laughs> no. Yeah. Documentaries are a little bit of a blind spot for me most of the time. Unfortunately. The only, uh, Katrina thing I've really seen was Treme. I was in a Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw Trouble the Water, which is a very good documentary about Katrina. Um, but nope, not Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. I, I love other Spike Lee movies. I agree. Spike Lee is great. But well, not- <laughs> here you go, because the next one, uh, Jeremy Ferris brings up Spike Lee's 25th Hour. It's about a man who is living his last day before he must show up for jail to serve a seven-year sentence. While a powerful idea by itself, I find the meta text of the film is actually Spike Lee's personal experience of 9-11 and the struggle he faced after the attack on New York. It's been too long since I've seen 25th Hour, so I don't remember that reading, but... Same. It's been a minute. Yeah. 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 Uh, Remember his dog, right? Yeah, he's got the dog. Weirdly, the line that I remember from that movie is... Oh, who's the actress in there? Um... Ugh. I could see her face, but I can't remember her name. Anyway, he she's like on a swing and he asks her how old she is, and then she goes, uh like old enough or like how like eighteen or whatever, how old are you? And then he goes, Old enough that I have to ask. <laughs> I remember <laughs> just thinking that's Hi. like, well, there's a line. Is it Rosario uh, Dawson? Rosario Dawson, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I was like, it's somebody big. It's like I can't remember her name. Uh Zach Wojnar. Uh, brings up the Equalizer films, which I haven't seen, but my dad liked. Do you like those, Hubie? Uh, I saw a bit of the first one. I, I haven't seen it all. It was on TV once, and I just like caught some of it. Yeah. Uh, it just, it also, seemed okay. Yeah. Is that Denzel Washington in it? Or? It's Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Kind of just like... Uh, Denzel's Taken... Yeah, I've heard, I've heard it. <laughs> yeah, taken like, yeah. esque. The the old man gets revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I heard the second one was like really bad, but oh, yeah, I haven't know. seen it. Yeah, uh, they they highlighted that it uh, is about like the duty of the strong to protect the weak and uh, making a difference for their community, which seemed interesting uh they also shout out a mo- Dion taylor's black and blue uh which apparently is from last year but naomi harris is a black police officer who returns to her hometown to learn that the new orleans pd is the biggest gang in the city and they also shout out see you yesterday which is a netflix original sci-fi time travel story about police brutality in new york city wow i've seen i've seen the ad for that one yeah I, think I've seen that for I watched it it was it was, it was cute Okay. It was better than you better than you thought it would be. Okay. But exactly what you thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> but but now you've got me thinking it's better than I thought it would be, so <laughs> is it better than <sighs> it, it does the job better than you thought it would have done. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's a better way of saying it. And I mean yeah. like given my soft spot for small budget sci-fi movies, I, I give them a pretty wide margin of error you know yeah you might i mean the purpose of that movie was to showcase you know black kids and stem i mean that literally oh, okay yeah it was an agenda behind it so usually films that have an agenda you know if that's the inspiration it gets a little 
on the nose. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I say is exactly what you think it is. You know what I mean? It was done well. So. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but like, screw it. Uh, I think that's a good segue into just like, uh, representation and like why it matters. Cause like you say like that one's got an, uh, an agenda of getting kids into STEM, you know, and like, black kids into STEM and whatever, which like, I think, yeah, great. Um, but it's interesting. Like I see comments and like a few comments from patrons and stuff where the power of films about not just black cinema, but like films about anybody that isn't your, the demographic you come from, right. Is, is illuminating because it shows you, an experience that isn't your own right Mm -hmm. and like some of the stuff that like 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 do the right thing was what 79 something no 86 86 okay yeah 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 it felt too early uh but anyway like a while back like 34 years ago whatever and like there's a scene in it straight out of the headlines of today yeah you know like straight out and and like i think to a lot of people that's like news or something right where it's like so, this shit's been going on forever and even more like close so shockingly close to today was that like the cops come by early in the movie and they're like good like they help out right and then and, and you know it's not really commented on but they like you know they they send that guy off when, you know, when the kids spray water into his car and they don't arrest anybody. And then they come back in the end and murder someone. (laughs) So just straight up. Yeah. yeah, Straight up. about adrenaline. You know what I mean? I think, you know, I talk about this all the time with my fiance about like, you know, even I had moments I'm, I'm actually taught to fear black men. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's, you know what I mean? It's like, if I'm in a certain part of, of the city i'm just like all right what's up you know what i mean and it's not necessarily true or fair but it is something that people are taught as impulse and it's like it's not that it's right but it's kind of like you know i think they had an experiment for cops where they showed them black images and just flash them and saw their heart rate go go up or just oh, you know yeah. type of you know physical reaction and it's just like it's ingrained where it's not like and i'm not saying it's not intentional for most for some people but it's literally an impulse an instinct <laughs> that this is bad. And then, so when you think about, you know, like do the right thing or any time when your adrenaline's going and you feel like, okay, those are decisions that you make that may not normally be if you had stepped back or had time to sort of engage, you know what I mean? So where do you go with that as fight or flight? You know what I mean? Um, and am I giving an excuse to police brutality or murder? But at the same time, trying to look at it from the human point of view and say, okay, look, there's something obviously inherently wrong of just becoming a cop like if you get a gun in your hand you should be an extra special human being you know what i mean there should be cops out there who have you know little bats and there's ones that have guns if you didn't earn a gun you shouldn't get a gun you know what i mean maybe you guys travel so one person has a gun and one doesn't but both of you guys have a gun you just got on the force you've been on there for six months whatever it is you know you have you know violations you have complaints it's like no we got to reassess you and i think that's one of the biggest issues because culturally it's it's so ingrained and even the whole damn police department is literally created in this country to chase down and watch over 
slaves and or um, or former slaves. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so how can you escape that? And then I get it. You put guns in my hand and I'm, I have a certain stereotype about people. I'm going to kill the people too. You know what I'm saying? That's just literally how it's going to happen. You know, or most people are going to be inclined when it comes down to them having their adrenaline sort of like rise, you know, or, or, yeah. or just feel that sense of, because I've gotten angry in many times. I was like, I didn't feel like myself because right. I was angry. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, you got it. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, right. like, yeah, like you on. said, it's, it's so ingrained. Uh, and like, like you said, like, the police force was made to basically like continue slavery, not to mince words, like uh shout out to 13th, you know, just a documentary that so clearly outlines that process. Uh, please watch that if you haven't, it's on YouTube for free. Um, but like Netflix also, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Netflix put it on YouTube for free. Shockingly. Okay, cool. nice. uh, but it just makes you realize, like you said, it's ingrained. Like it's, it's a instinctive thing. Like this fear, like the heart rate goes up just for seeing an image, you know? And it's just like, it's intense. And it's like, that's something that I really appreciate, like a common through line in every single movie that we'll probably talk about today. Uh, even black dynamite, which Gabby recommended to me the other day, kind of as a, fun take on black exploitation films you know which i thought was hilarious it reminded me of oss 117 the uh what's his name paul jadu uh yeah yeah (laughs) um i'm bad at remembering names um but i love oss 117 and black dynamite is hilarious in a similar way but like even that like there's a through line in all of this uh that just underlines (laughs) is the cucaracha man Yep. <laughs> it just underlines that experience from the other point of view uh the non-police point of view uh right it's it's all this is to say it's systemic you know yeah yeah i think, I think a friend of mine was trying to explain to her friend that you know we can we can't be not racist like the best we can be is anti-racist because we've been taught to be racist from being you know babies from from birth so you know i think that's hard for some people to hear because you're like i'm not really doing anything that's that's feels racist to me you know someone might say but you know simply by benefiting from the system you are benefiting from racism. So yeah, the most you can do is be anti-racist. And that's that's just how it is. Like that's you know, fine. <laughs> you know what I say? That is so funny. It's like being anti-capitalist and then going, you're sitting on your iPhone, you know? It's, yeah, like, right. yeah. it's like, how do you do that? Yeah. How do you be, how do you take down the system that you actually are using and enjoy and benefit from? Do you just give up everything? Like just capitalism, do you go, I'm just going to how do you how do you remove yourself from that system and that's why i think like that's what i think the difference is between saying i'm not racist and i'm anti-racist like if you say i'm not a capitalist that or i you know i i yeah i'm not a capitalist then you're a hypocrite because you purchase things and you you know you benefit from capitalism but if you say i'm anti-capitalist you you can you are 
making choices about where you're buying. Like, you know, you're making a choice to buy black and therefore put money into your own community. But like, you still are recognizing that capitalism doesn't necessarily work. So I think it, it, it's the same with being, saying I'm not racist and I'm anti-racist, you know? I, I guess it's like a part-time anti-capitalist, anti-racist thing, because um, it's very difficult to, you have to literally change every single moment of your life to not be a part of that system. You know, and you have to live and you go, oh, you're doing the best you can, and maybe you are, you know, doing the best you can. But, you know, you know the thing about racism, I think, is when we, if, I, I think the easiest way that we can just, you know, individually, because there's obviously government, there's policies, all everything affects everything, but just the individuals, it's like, okay, you know, my fiance was saying this other day, she said, you know, it'd be nice if, if people just hung out with each other without having the walls up, you know, and that just kind of solves a lot of things. You know, if you had a college roommate that was black, you know, hopefully it was a good experience, whatever it was, or, you know, somebody at work, he said that, you know, that you normally just say hi and bye to you, but never invite into your personal space, you know what I mean? And vice versa. That's just the first step. And I think as an individual, it's like, well, you know, I acknowledge, you know, my privilege, I acknowledge what's going on. I, I see what's going on here. Um, and I'm able to talk about it with other people and call it out when I see it, but understand that it's still you know, something that that is happening. And I know it's something when I see and recognize certain jokes that it's okay to have jokes that are race related, but to understand that the whole point of the whole concept of race was designed to keep us fighting. That's the whole point mm -hmm. of race. You know, before this country started, race wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? Everybody owned each other as slaves, their own country, race, that everybody was just doing this thing but here it was just in a, in a place where it was literally like, you're lower than this person, you're X, Y, and Z. And not that we don't have classism in other countries, obviously in the past and now, but it very specific. And then that, you know, these people, you're better than these people when it's in that, but you realize it is just a game to keep us not looking and understanding that the 1% is really the people that are affecting our lives and everything that's going on with us. And I think if we can just literally just sort of go, all right, we understand that it's not about race, it's about class. And race was really a thing that was created for us to consider ourselves um, better or less than or different, you know what I mean? And we are different and I think it's okay. I, I can't say, I'm not gonna go around and say, I don't see no color, I'll never do that. <laughs> but I realized where it came from to begin with is quite a few hundred years of indoctrination of saying, I not like this other person when the whole point of who's benefiting from that. If we can just look at each other and go, who's benefiting from this? It's not each other. And we can stop going, yeah, you're my enemy. You're, it's right. like, I think that's just the first step. You know what I mean? Um, we can just realize and have that conversation. I don't know if we're having that conversation. I think we're still talking about how we should accept black people and see them as human beings, but kind of realize we're all being played, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? In this country, you know, yes. Trump over there playing, stroking stroking the fires the whole point is to keep that system going i mean when he was when he was um and i hate i don't really pay just the politics i just i literally just got just when he was he was elected i just kind of zoned out for a while and, and then when all this stuff started happening especially the um 
impeachment, I just got mesmerized. I was like, man, is really going to take this guy down? But when he was um, got into office, it was like Black History Month the next month in February. Right. Yeah. He literally tweeted and he, he was thanking certain white people who were um, helped black people or something. I don't know what the hell it was, but he was actually for Black History Month, congratulating white people <laughs> for helping black people. And I knew he was fucking with us. I knew it was a fucking game and I knew it was bullshit. This is what he does. And he does, whether he believes it or not, he doesn't give a fuck. He believes in fucking with you and making us all fucking get all, what's going on? I can't stand it. So that we don't really understand what's really going on. That's why I'm like, I can't take these people that seriously of all this racism stuff. This is really about money. You know what I'm saying? Profit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's like I mean, I think that's what anti-racist means to me. It's like the first step of learning that like, you know, we are all in some way benefiting from this system and all we can do is like learn. That's that's the base of being like, I don't know anything. I I don't know what I don't know. And I I just have to I have to now learn and listen. Um totally. That's where that's where I'm at too. It's like shit. I just wanna learn. I wanna listen. Like listening is so important it's like how do we how do we spread the message of just like listening for people that don't want to listen you know it's it's like you said dennis like uh movies i mean movies are a great tool i think for that it's like it's like dennis you said like have it have like not everybody gets to have like the black roommate in college or whatever and it's like i do think that ignorance and lack of exposure is a huge factor in in everything and yeah movies uh are a huge way i think to to spread that and educate people because it can show and humanize for for people like a different demographic that they don't normally humanize totally Um, i do think that there's a weird kind of racist problem with how to market a movie Mm-hmm. to get people that wouldn't like to, to get it outside of the demographic, you know, like, like I'm, I'm like me, you know, I, I watch lots of stuff. I avoided moonlight because I see uh, like, all I heard about it was, Oh, it's a movie about a black gay man. And I was like, well, that can't not be s- the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. You know? Right. And I just like, like Sounds I wanted like to see with, right tragedy yeah like like whether it's like aids or killed by the police or some crazy shit like i just couldn't you know i like couldn't bring myself because of my assumption that it was gonna you know my like tragic assumption uh and now it's like i love it (laughs) i watched it and it was so fucking good um i mean i think a big problem is access like yeah I I also had the problem where like when you first asked me like do you you know we be on on this episode I was like I don't know that much like I first of all I didn't really go to film school I went to TV school but right. I access is is limited you know it, and you a lot of the time you feel like you really have to search out these things when it should just a be a part of the regular curriculum and b like be an entire unit especially now when access is so limited like in the future potentially if like you know we get everyone gets used to you know, there are as many black films as there are films about everybody else like it doesn't have to be a unit anymore but you yeah. know now I think it, it 
it it should be it felt like a homework assignment and that made me feel feel bad you know right right the guilty well let me ask let me ask you guys about this too uh and i mean anybody can weigh in on this but like do you think it's damaging well, damaging sounds too dramatic but like you said like like to have like a black cinema like course or whatever like do you think a thousand years from now or if we're lucky a hundred years from now uh like do you is the ideal to not separate or it's like because to me it's like don't ignore like dennis like you said like nobody's you shouldn't be colorblind but right because to me it's like the different experiences is what makes different things like so but depends on where you're at in the world honestly you're talking to someone that named this movie and company black and sexy so i was very <laughs> right it yeah was, it was a statement you know what i mean and it was a reaction obviously so if we're at a place where it's not needed it doesn't matter you know um but i think it is needed in the sense where the, the eurocentric sort of gaze or focus on what is good cinema Mm-hmm. If it's you know it would be nice to say here's another one let's go but it, you're really fighting against that perception and saying you know x y and z yes i hear what you're saying you're saying like can we just put a movie up it doesn't matter who's in it or not when you say a black movie it's literally mean it's for black people not that it's black people are in it you know what yeah. i mean and sometimes it, it's too it's one and the same but there are a lot of black stars who will star film who star in a film but it won't be considered a black film right right you know i mean so yes, that's, I think right now we're in transition. We need it at the moment just to be open and exposed. It's almost like saying, you know, do we need to say, you know, here's a, here's a, here's a, a, a slate of film by women filmmakers. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you do. And, and there, then there's a point where you don't need it anymore. You take those training wheels off. You know what I mean? And that's the goal, I think. And then you yeah. could still, you could still program a, a segment of here's a, here's a group of film by women, women filmmakers, but it's not, maybe because you feel you need to signal boost it, but it's just right. an interesting, like it's the same way you might program, I don't know, Westerns. Like right. it's just, yeah. here's a common thread. <laughs> and going kind of what Gabby was saying, just about like wanting people to listen and stuff. Like I feel like if you market it as like black cinema, what about those people that are, that are just like, I don't want to watch that. Right. But, you know, it's like, how do you get through to them? Which Wait, brings yeah. us to black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking how uh but let me ask the bridge was obviously superhero right you know so marvel so if it wasn't marvel would it it wouldn't have been as big right obviously it's not marvel it's not gonna be that big but it's just kind of like if it was like dynamite, (laughs) you know, or I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, that was the perfect storm because I think things were heading in that direction anyways, in order to have to show that movies can have legs with black stars, which is un, it's like, it it was unheard of at this level, but it was like, it might understood. It's like, it's a human story or whatnot, you know, it's fine. But I think what you were saying was kind of is together with Black Panther is like, what was the, what was the other Asian, um, wedding movie what was it called again crazy oh, rich asians crazy rich asians yeah. yep yeah oh and there was another movie oh my uh oh i wanted to see it i don't know how good it was but i was so surprised it was the guy who um fell on it he fell off his bike and he was singing beatles songs but in a world they didn't know the beatles oh yesterday, uh, yesterday. 
I didn't know how good it was, but I was so surprised because I saw that in the theaters as a trailer. I was like, wow, this is like a commercial movie with this Asian guy. Yes. <laughs> like, what? I was like, or, or, you know, I don't know if he was Pakistani, and I'm not quite sure, but I was like, this is not, this is like a Far East. What is happening? And I was surprised and I was like, but it, but I, in, I was laughing and enjoying the trailer and I was like, ah, oh. and I wasn't thinking about race and it didn't matter. And that was a point where it's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter as long as you make a good story. Yeah, Even if yeah. like, you know, that movie probably is not about culturally so much about a particular culture per se. It was, it was, but I think you're talking about two different things. Do you make films that are have really strong of a different culture, you know, even if it's not any, if, within the United States or not, or is it just a film with people of different culture that's a really mainstream film? Uh-huh. You know, it's two different things. So yeah. if you have like cultural films, you should identify them because it's not a mainstream film you know, or possibly identify it. You know what I mean? A couple of directors have just come out too, like Josh Trank and Joss Whedon, I think. They were like, they were saying that they wanted to cast some people in their movie as black. Like Josh Trank wanted Susan Storm to be black and Joss Whedon said someone else that he wanted to be black, but like studios wouldn't let him. Or like Joss Whedon was like, I knew it was a fight I was going to lose. And it was like, are you you kidding? (laughs) Like, what the hell? (laughs) Well, and it's the it's the same hesitation with like gay characters too, like especially mm-hmm. in Marvel and Disney and stuff, where it's just like, uh, yeah, like you said, like the time that we're in right now, it feels like we're on maybe, hopefully, like the tipping point where people stop being afraid of silly things, like casting a black character in a you know, like something yeah, that, that that speaks to me, like Hollywood is needs some shakeups, dude. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, it has for a long time, I think. Have you guys watched the the, the series Hollywood? I've seen the first I, two episodes, yeah. I literally binged it in one day. Oh, you did? I don't like Ryan Murphy. Is it really I, Ryan I don't Murphy? typically either. But okay. that one is just like a reimagining of Hollywood, but all the, the, the things, gay, women, uh, uh, black, <laughs> right. you know, and Asian. It was like, what if in the 50s, in the 40s, these things, these movies happen with these people in this way instead of now, it was, and it like changed everything. I was so captivated because it was such wow. a statement. It's literally everything we're talking about right now with Hollywood, it was crazy. And the fights that they had, I don't like Ryan Murphy. I, I, I tried to watch Pose, it wasn't for me. American okay. Harris Horror Story, you know, maybe here and there. Yeah. But this one really got me, you know what I mean? It really, okay. really worked and great storytelling so i don't know there's something about that i think he's making a statement in a sense of like it's like my favorite my favorite series is the marvelous mrs Maisel, which is an amazing feminine series yeah if we were thinking in that terms in the 50s you know what i mean the late 50s or i think yes the 50s and i literally you're thinking of it from 2020 when you're watching this stuff in the 50s Hollywood is the same way and it's just like yeah why won't we progress with back then because people are risk adverse and protecting their money and they think people are not going to want to watch something in this series it was a huge success to do a black lead I'm sorry giving it away and it was like what but it was like if you think about it it's it's the same conversation they're having now <laughs> right can we do this you know or when you when you see something successful then the floodgates open and it's really i'm not saying racism is not part of it but it's about money it's like people are like i want to make money i'm not gonna lose money 
You know what I mean? Oh, you're showing me that actually it does make money? Well, shit, let's get some more black people up in here. Come on, let's go. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There's never an issue to make money. People are not afraid to make money. You know, so if you say transgender, that's the thing everybody wants to see. Bring it in here. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? It is not a problem. They don't want to be the first. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying racism is not part of it, but but they don't want to be the first. Everybody's rushing to be second. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a really good quote. I like that. That uh, re Hollywood, that's the same reason that my girlfriend really liked it. She said it's like it's as though we started thinking progressively in the 50s and like they fix Hollywood, sort of, you know, in a way. It sounds intriguing. Yeah. Uh, It is funny how everything is just, I mean, cash rules everything around me. It is everything. Capitalism. Capitalism yeah. and racism are cousins. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the they like, you know how, like, every time there's a big Marvel movie, they they make, or a Disney movie, they make an announcement that's like, this is this will be the first, like, gay character right. in a Disney movie. Right. And then the, a two-second shot where, yeah. like, a couple is, like, kissing, and then it, like, moves to something else. <laughs> the reason they do that is so they can cut it out. Cut it for, out for, yeah. Like, China basically yeah. like it's it's all about money it's all about money let me ask you a question i mean probably nobody on this on this uh cause scene has has quibby <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you're but, right uh, i heard it's like out of business almost <laughs> i mean you know they got a few billion million more to whatever uh they burn through. But, uh they got my money uh or they will next week uh i'm doing it more for research because someone i'm working with is it does a couple of their shows um but disclaimer, but uh, I started watching Survive, which was interesting. Um, and, you know, it's typically kind of the setup now where you have a, a white woman, especially blonde and a black man and a dark skinned black man and sort of a non romantic, but romantic, but almost almost there. You know? But it was I liked the series per se. Um, I thought it was it was basically um, what's that series on HBO with the kids that you know they're having drugs and they're having sex with each other. Euphoria. Euphoria. Yeah, <laughs> Euphoria for mental illness is literally what. Okay. It is. Oh, okay. That's a pitch. Go and get fireworks. Check it out. You know you you, you know and cancel before <laughs> you get there. <laughs> but, yeah, but but the whole point of that thing was just it's like I felt like they were supposed to kiss at one point. And then they decided not to do it. And it was just like, you could see it in the script. If it said kiss them, they would have just kissed. <laughs> but it was like, look in each other's eyes. You know what I mean? So it was just an interesting thing. I was like, did they feel like they were going to like turn people off? Because it's it's pretty common now to see black Weird, people. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know what the problem was. But anyways. It's like some kind of bizarre, like modern unwritten haze code where like, you can't show people's feet off the floor if they're on a bed and the beds have to be this and this and that. And it's like, you can't have two characters of different races kissing if you need to sell to China. And it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's like, money. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cash rules everything around me. Well, and like even Black Panther had the scene where they go to Korea for no reason because it increased their marketability or something. Right? I don't know if that's... Oh, that what that was for? I don't know okay. if that's true. That was what that's I heard true. at the time, it but totally can't trust sense. everything you hear. Yeah. Um, let's see here uh, I'm just going to burn through the rest of people's favorites real quick because we're already almost at an hour uh, and I aim for an hour and a half usually 
Uh, Todd Kramer says, Still Black, a portrait of black trans men, uh, which you can see at stillblackfilm.org, apparently. That sounds really interesting to me. I hadn't heard of that until I was setting up for this. Uh, Shaft and Watermelon Man, which is Peebles or no? Maybe. I don't remember. Uh, Uh, Watermelon Man is. Shaft isn't. Watermelon Man, yeah. That is? I believe so. If I'm... and then, of course, do the right thing in Black Klansmen. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then they brought up a, an African film called Mulade by Osman Sembane, which uh, is by an African director. Uh, it was his last film about what it's like not only to live in an African village separate from much of the modern world, but particularly about how patriarchal power structures oppress women. Uh Sounds good. <coughs> not the, the movie sounds good. Not the, uh, we, uh, you, we know. you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, woo. Patriarchy. Um, new gene brings up Django unchained, which, uh, okay. what? <laughs> sure. I mean, I would not, not necessarily categorize. Yes. It stars, you know, Jamie Foxx, but Here, yeah, I never liked that movie. I didn't uh, see it. I had a feeling I would, yeah, I would not like it. Yeah, I only saw it in the theater. I've been meaning to rewatch, give it a rewatch, but I only ever saw it in the theater once. I think the last episode of Reaction Shots, maybe Huber, was it? We were talking about that movie, and I was saying that. Uh, Jamie Foxx feels like a reactive hero. He didn't seem to do anything for like 90% of the movie, but then someone pointed yeah. out that maybe that was metaphorical. And I was like, what? Like, Yeah, I remember somebody like blowing your mind on it, right? Yeah, so what did they and say? Like, they like, you wanted to rewatch it because of it. Yeah, they were like, well, maybe it's he's he's reactive until the end because that's when he's like emancipated or whatever. And I'm just like, well, that's an interesting theory. <laughs> I, I'd have to rewatch it. Yeah. But I hadn't brought myself to uh, rewatch it. Asbo's Bruder brings up Black Panther, which we already talked about. Uh, Colt Smith, Black Klansman, Boys in the Hood, Do the Right Thing, Creed, Devil in a Blue Dress, Get Out, Friday. Devil in a Blue Dress. Yeah, you were talking to me about Devil in a Blue Dress, right? Awesome. <laughs> I did not, like, you know, Denzel to me is just, he's an older actor. He's very handsome. <laughs> very talented but i saw devil in, the, in a blue dress and i was like oh my god denzel is so hot and so talented <laughs> like, of course i've seen him in movies and stuff but i only as an older man so yeah. I, I didn't realize like how much of a like stud he was stud, yes <laughs> and the movie is so good um takes place in a really cool time period uh, super cool. Highly recommend. Very, yeah, and Don cool. Cheadle. What, Dennis? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. No, I said it's very easy. It's a very easy, breezy movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Don Cheadle is nice, too. Yeah. Don Cheadle is really funny in it and, like, crazy. Oh. And, yeah, it's so good. I like Don Cheadle. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on here, but let's move on to the next thing. Oh, Tokyo Slim mentioned Sweetheart on Netflix, which I hadn't heard of, which sounded interesting. And Slight? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a superhero film that I've seen the picture for it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. Uh, he also loves Mario Van Peebles and uh, and Senior Van Peebles. <laughs> Melvin. Uh, <laughs> Melvin. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, we talked about marketing already. Uh, people did anybody, ask, what? Did anyone say Just Mercy? I, I was yeah. saving that one for... Yeah, cool. talk about Just Mercy. You were telling me about that the other day. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, this they released it for free on Amazon Prime because it is exactly what is happening right now. Oh, boy. Of just racist police pinning it on black people and this this movie is amazing it like michael b jordan just so so good um it's based on a true story which like obviously when something's based on a true story it just makes it even more impactful for me um and yeah just the character he plays they give you like little facts before and after the movie about like what it what really happened and what happened in the time period after um basically he just is a lawyer that tries to get people like people off of death row that are wrongly convicted and jamie fox is on death row for a crime he didn't commit and that's that's the premise it's so crazy as a black person and a black man i feel like i've seen this movie before yeah <laughs> You know what I mean? So that's why it wasn't so attractive. It was like, okay, for a new generation, but it's the same story in real life, unfortunately. And, you know, but a, a multiple movie seems like every 15 years we see this movie. You know, yeah. Yeah. There's, also, there's also a TV show on right now with, I think, Chiwetel Ejiofor, where he plays like a lawyer, a prisoner who, I think, he's, he's wrongly convicted and like becomes a lawyer in prison uh. to represent himself in court or something like that yeah i'm just surprised you can pronounce that dude's name so that's <laughs> uh, props to you <laughs> <laughs> he's awesome i like him yeah I like him uh too. i mean it, yeah i mean in some ways beale street deals with similar subject yeah. matter and when they see us on uh hbo yeah whatever or netflix um, netflix netflix, yeah, oh, and, netflix there is, now, yeah. and there is a there's a film in the uh i mean it was a, i think it was a white man sort of playing the lawyer role, but it was uh, with Samuel Jackson, you know, this was in the nineties, I guess. I don't know. This it's, this film has been done a lot. And I, and I, Oh, in the, or it's uh, w- uh, with McConaughey, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. you know, <sighs> uh, I asked people favorite directors, got a lot of Steve McQueen's, Sometimes people called him Alexander McQueen. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> which I got confused by because I was like, those seem like real different people. People are confused, I think, because there are there are two, there are two Steve, Steve McQueens. McQueens. One's <laughs> an actor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny because I was like, I was like, Alexander McQueen, who is that? And I looked that up and I was like, that's a different guy. When I first uh, saw that in the comments, I was like, wait is I, I was like is the fashion designer alexander mcqueen black <laughs> yeah, i was like what uh ryan coogler uh uh this one is interesting ashtar brings up uh they say i'll go with an off-the-wall pick and choose king vader a young youtuber who dreams of being a hollywood producer he mainly does live action versions of anime but i really like his style and he recently did a feature-length matrix reborn but some other good ones are in there. His live-action Cowboy Bebop, which I'm going to bet more closely captures the spirit of the show than Netflix adaptation will. Wow. Uh, I was just like, what a what a <laughs> shout-out. Cool. Um, Tokyo Slim brought up Steve McQueen. D. Reese 
who has two very significantly excellent, excellently directed movies called Pariah and Mudbound. Mudbound oh, I watched Mudbound. 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 So I think the end was a little bit like white savory, and I was like, okay, come on. But then it's it's really beautiful. Um, Mary J. Blige is like a groundbreaking performance from Mary J. Blige. Um, and yeah, it just takes takes place in the South. Don't remember what state. In The South um, TM. <laughs> um, immediately, <laughs> the majority of the film takes place right after World War II. Um, and these white, this white family who owns land um, is basically about their relationship with uh, they're black sharecroppers, a family of black sharecroppers that live on their land, um, and the relationship between their—it's—it's it's great. It's fun. It's not fun. It's really sad. But it's, it's a good <laughs> sounds movie. like a hoot. <laughs> um, then I asked about favorite actors. Uh, Ashtar brought up Don Cheadle from *Devil in the Blue Dress*, okay. um, specifically, and Nicole Berry. Uh, yeah, Bahari. 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 Okay. Sleepy she's Hollow, actually- Black Mirror. Was that? Yeah, she's good. Yeah. yeah. She's great. It's funny. I remember her in Sleepy Hollow. Well, and the Black Mirror episode, but I can picture her very easily in Sleepy Hollow. Um, <laughs> that movie was so goofy. <laughs> Wait, isn't she in the TV show Sleepy Hollow? Oh. Yeah. Sure. Who am I thinking of? She's the lead in the Sleepy Hollow TV it's show. Content, you know. Whatever. What? She's in the Sleepy Hollow content. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell am I thinking? Well, whatever. Um, would you kindly brings up since Watchmen and if Beale Street could talk, Regina King. And uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Also Friday. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, Watchmen, dude, blew my dude, socks sister off. Sister Knight. Yeah. Did, it, did I, have the, I know, Gabby, you haven't seen Watchmen yet, I've right? I haven't seen Watchmen yet. Dennis, did you catch Watchmen? Sorry, Dennis. What? Yes. Dennis gave, Dennis gave you a look, I feel like. I oh, gave you a look, yeah. I mean, he's Sorry. right to give you that look. That yeah, you was... watching, what were you watching? Normal people and sex scenes? <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, inst- Ian told me I should watch Watchmen, and it was on my list anyway, but instead I decided to watch both seasons of Atlanta. So oh. I- All right, you get a pass. All right. Oh, my Thank God, you. Atlanta. Thank you. I watched Atlanta recently, maybe a few months ago. Oh my god. So, so good. Dude, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Brian Tyree Henry is like one of my favorite actors now. The guy who plays Paperboy. He's in Beale Street for Talk. He plays the uh, he's got out of jail. He was Uh, in Joker for a minute. Yep. He is just like so funny and so it's just so real like the way everyone talks to each other is just so he plays the rapper in atlanta yeah or, uh paper, paper boy. boy yeah his his speech in beale street is very affecting yeah how it, about just like terror i was just like god damn yeah um so good dude atlanta is like a thousand out of ten minutes out of that scene you could have really really enjoyed that that moment but yes <laughs> you made it to that part i love your i love your uh, I, I remember seeing like this is really good but i'm worn out at this point yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's like a heavy atmosphere for that it's like a henneke movie <laughs> when you're in the th- when you when you feel that in the movie theater too 
and just like there's silence in a movie theater for like eight minutes at a time and you just every once in a while you hear someone like crunch some popcorn it's just like so uncomfortable yeah someone just is like (laughs) (laughs) and everyone's like (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) anyway Watchmen is sick you need to watch it well I will I was watching Atlanta I watched 21 episodes of Atlanta in two days. So give me a break. I'll give you a break. Uh, Atlanta went on my, like went on my list when he described season two as what did he say? Like, like twin peaks with rappers. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was just like, what? (laughs) A midsummer night's dream. Like episode. Really? uh, Yeah. With Alfred. Yeah. Like I gotta watch that show. So good. the Teddy Perkins episode Teddy is Teddy Perkins. Oh I've seen gifts of Teddy Perkins. Yeah, it's not even close to what you think it is. You it's so like, weird. You expect every episode is literally like a new thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like Community, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. That even um, is any is that available anywhere? It's is on Netflix on? now. Like just came yeah. out this month on Netflix. Oh shoot, I'm watching. Okay, Community. Yeah. <laughs> community is good. Community. Oh. Oh, okay. yeah, great. I've never seen it. I've never, I've never seen it. Oh, it. It's each episode literally is a new movie. Okay. <laughs> it's like they're having so much fun. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You, know, you did so community, Huber. I think you perfect, did. dude. On my list instantly. Uh, got a shout out. Would you kindly though? Because he shouted out Forrest Whitaker and Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai. <laughs> Love a good Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai show. Heard of that? You have it. It's a Jim Jarmusch movie where Forrest Whitaker plays a guy who follows the code of the samurai, the way of the samurai. Okay. Uh, and he, his friend, either he's, it's been years since I've seen it. I think he's friends with an ice cream delivery guy and they're just like hanging out in this neighborhood. It's a good movie. It's It was fun. Okay. I like Jim Jarmusch though. Jim, I don't think, Dennis, I don't think you'd like, <laughs> Jim Jarmusch <laughs> is very boring. <laughs> I don't have a problem with boring films. Just pay it off. Sure. <laughs> That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Don't be boring for no reason. That's all. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I love this like bone you have to pick <laughs> with Beale Street. Dennis versus Beale Street. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond. Already nemesis because his his first movie came out the same time as my first movie. Oh really? Yeah. So it was literally, of course, we're going to be pit against each other. I've already. Yeah. Uh, nemesis. <laughs> he liked that but it felt like that it definitely did he, like, he got the cover of Filmmaker Magazine <laughs> <laughs> I know that feel I had a nemesis back in film school for sure Jenkins <laughs> 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 he hit on my girlfriend at the time didn't realize we were together oh. <laughs> is that really where the source is? no it was um yeah we haven't talked about a good day to be black and sexy your film yes do you, you want to talk about it do you not want to talk about it i've been talking about it for 10 years why not yeah <laughs> tell us tell us a little bit about it for people at home gabby and i watched it i don't know if huber had a chance to catch it mm-hmm. um it's on netflix that's where i rented it uh it's on netflix? or not netflix sorry not amazon? Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, you can't rent things <laughs> on netflix that's where most people have seen it on Netflix for 70. I know the license ran out, so I didn't get a check. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, basically, um, I just made a sort of a vignette film of six 
stories of black love and sexuality. And I wanted to make a mixtape type film. I wanted to feel very sort of like a flow that you just sort of experience. Um, and it was my first film, you know what I mean? Yeah. My film. <laughs> so uh, I don't, it was a great experience because I literally, it was when mini DV first came out, you know what I mean? So I was like, yeah. you know what? I got, I got, I got 60,000. I took it out the house. I can make this movie, you know? And then it ended up being a hundred thousand by the time I was done because of music rights. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it, but I pretty much knew I was going to make this film. I knew it was a brand that wanted to launch. Now that it was going to be like books and magazines and TV shows, but it ended up being a streaming platform and, you know, stuff out of that. So I really made the film knowing that I wanted to see more stuff like it, you know, and more stuff in that genre. And literally the demographics for that film is identical to the demographics for my streaming platform. It's literally mm -hmm. the same. Seventy percent black women, thirty percent black men, maybe twenty nine percent black men, and one percent other. <laughs> so very that was specific. me. That was me. No, thank you. I appreciate your money. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yes. So, um, but I would like to say, you know, I, I've been talking about this film for years, and then it transitioned to black and sexy TV. But I'm making my finally making my second feature. Oh, cool. I finally decided, because I think I was so enthralled with having control of my career, which is the reason why I made Black and Sexy TV. I was like, not really, it was picked up by Magnolia at Sundance. And I was like, I'm on my way. And then they released it and it was literally one theater in LA uh. and the DVD release on Black History Month, <laughs> right? I was right. just like, oh my God, this is what it is. But it played well to audiences per se, so. I said, I'm gonna take my career in my own hands and my content, and I did a spinoff company of it and said, let me do it now. And then the convergence of like, you know, Friendster at the time, Facebook, and uh, what was that other one? That other platform called MySpace, yes. MySpace, yeah. That was kind of our marketing sort of like arm, you know, and, and you know, you were able to sort of go direct, you know, when things were so cheap, you know, shooting and editing, you were able to go direct to audience. That was my experience having that film be released made me go, I just want to do my own thing and be an entrepreneur. Now I'm sort of missing the filmmaker thing because films are just elevated. I've made so yeah. much content. I've directed so many damn digital series. This is like, you know, it is what it is. And I'm, we made money and we're like, we're great. You know, I made a living, sent my daughter to college. It was great. But a film is this holy grail, 90 <laughs> minutes. I, I do like a series for 160 minutes. It is nowhere near... You made a film, it could be the same exact budget. Right, know? right. <laughs> but you call it a film and you cut it off in 96 minutes. Oh my God, you got this new film and you can't wait to see this thing, you know? So I just said, I got to get back to that and do something for me. And so I'm doing literally an anthology film, very similar to A Good Day to Be Black and Sexy, but it's going to be black science fiction. Oh, oh, sick. Whoa, very cool. I'm very excited because cool. I feel like I can... Your creativity, you can lift off that lid a little bit and be a lot more creative and start and start hitting themes that are that are not that you know you can't talk about it everywhere else, but but the simple fact is I have so much freedom to talk about five or six themes and I can go with my imagination in a place that doesn't get held back by reality of where we're at. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, I, I love that. I have a question about um, Good Day to Be Black and Sexy. How much is, of the dialogue is improvised? Oh, yeah. Well, see, you know, I, um, I, sh I wrote a whole script and then I shot um, each vignette every two, every two to three months for a year. So 
about half of it is improvised. So we, in the beginning, I like the one with the Asian family is yeah. the most scripted because that's the first one I shot. It's the last one in the film. Yes. I mean, it was in a different place with the original oh, script. Okay. And then I sort of switched it around um, as I played to an audience and sort of tested it. But I, um, I think the last one was her man with the, 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 the guy cheating on his wife. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the last one. And every time I shoot, I get more sort of confident that I didn't need the script. People just read it, got familiar with it, and we just yeah. went in and shot. And so it was a hybrid in the middle. And then by the time I got to Her Man, which was the last one we shot, I said, forget the script. Let's go. Um, and I that love- That makes sense. Yeah, that one feels I, very- yeah. That one, yeah. yeah, feels like off the cuff a lot of times. Really cool. Motherfucker did fucking edit. That shit was crazy. Oh, <laughs> was, yeah, oh, I didn't think about uh, that. Yeah, I was, I was gonna so, say that probably was tough. Oh, I was, I was just like, fuck, what did I do? <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> but I loved that the most. And my two actors, they hung out for like six months before they um, oh, shot cool. them. Oh, wow. Everybody was cast a year and a, a year ahead of time. Um, and actually, you know, actually, the woman wasn't cast until until a, a six months into of me shooting because I had Karima Westbrook initially, um, who was on Badass from Mario Van Peebles. And she plays a mother in um, that damn CW show with the Crenshaw High School player that went to Beverly Hills on the hell it's called uh but anyways she she was in it originally and then she got scared when she backed out of it um she says she regrets it now but oh. okay. but anyways and i found Put her in other, the sci-fi one <laughs> you know good idea. Redemption. <laughs> good idea good idea she's she's good she's really good she wasn't really given a chance i think to really do her thing, but, you know. was it uh was it all single camera yeah yeah, it was single camera. Um, Making the editing yeah. for her man even more of a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, single camera, roving camera. It was yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Imp- improvising was the worst, but it was a single I, camera. It was a, it was a college friend of mine, one of my best friends, who started the company with me too, who shot it. And I had a, I had a, he had an AC and a um, uh, gaffer and one sound. That was a four man crew. So wow, was, yeah, yeah. I miss uh, that. I miss I miss doing that. <laughs> just like yeah, going yeah. for it and shooting a thing. Yeah. With like I mean, four we people. Just a few years out of out of film school and we shot that, so we were pretty much still close to that. And I never was like, This is how you shoot a film. No, I was like, No, we're gonna do an intimate, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah I li- I liked the the vignette style of it, like tonight and American basketball and her man and stuff, like they all felt really different, but there was like a cohesion to it. It was, I enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. uh, check it out. I recommend it. Yeah, I recommend it too. I had a great, I had a really good time watching it. Performances were really strong. Yeah, Howard, like too. those actors are awesome. <laughs> well, you let actors be actors, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah really good casting. Um, I shout out to Adi Terrell McKinday. She's a producer friend of mine, and she helped. She cast. She's not even a casting director. She just loves people. You know, and she was an actress herself and she helped me cast this thing. And I didn't know a thing about it. All I knew was one is the authenticity. One of the people mm. that felt like real people. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Uh and the the website now is blackandsexy.tv, right? Correct. Correct. Cool. There's an app on every platform too for it. So it's pretty much um we went yeah, it's subscription based, unfortunately. <laughs> Fortunately for us. Yeah, but I think we're gonna change that. I think I think we're an overcrowded field now, and I think we've been doing this for five years, and I think we're gonna sort of open up the walls again and figure something else out. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. 
free to play. You heard it here first. <laughs> Actually, you did. <laughs> oh, hey. Well, we won't hold you to it. Nobody will hold you to it. Um, last few questions. I'll just breeze through here. Uh, I just asked. I, I often ask like a leading question, you know, in these uh, stuff that I, I know what the answer will be typically, but I just want to hear if I'm wrong or if other people phrase it in a better way. Uh, so I asked like two kind of similar questions and we talked about representation already, but I just asked like, what is powerful about stories about this kind of, about, you know, black film and stuff like that. And uh, Ashtar said to me as a black man, they represent a more accurate portrayal of my life. It's not all gangs, violence, racism, and slavery. They show different perspectives that I don't see represented. When I was growing up watching cartoons and what and whatnot, I had to just pretend that random characters were black because there were so few black characters. It's improved, but rarely do we have agency when these stories aren't made by us. Many times, we're just the sassy friend who, for some reason, has all the answers. <laughs> I thought that was a good response. This is, so this is a reason I, I liked, so I watched a movie called Sella and the Spades on Amazon, and I'm not sure the movie is actually that good, but I really, it was really- <laughs> <laughs> I, I turned it off too. <laughs> I tried. No, I watched the whole thing. I, I actually, in, I did enjoy it because it is slow, Dennis. You like But I, I, <laughs> I, I liked how it looked and I liked that I was watching black characters that weren't like, you know, being threatened by being arrested or literally their body in the street, like a lot of the um, other, you know, movies I'd watched. Um, and I think that's like, that is just as important, fireworks, just as important as, you know, seeing seeing these you know, black stories that, that are reflective of, you know, the struggles of black people then and now, um, because like, yes, it, it, police are terrifying and black people are in general scared of police, but also like, you know, there's black love and black kids at school, just like laughing and with their friends and going to prom and that kind of thing. And I, I liked having also that, getting to see that along with all of the you know other movies that i was watching yeah no we, we can't it's too much for anybody to have right. just, just terror you know all the time but you know when you said that um about sailor in the spades i did turn it off um <laughs> and then i turned on last black man in san francisco which okay. I, I was like that was great and that's a boring ass movie <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> But it was really good and well done. I mean, it's black. It's, it's a white director, but a black his his best his best friend, black man, who you know co-wrote it with in the story, and it's their sort of thing that they grew up with. Uh, I recommend, highly recommend that movie. It was just, yeah. and it was a, it's a story you don't see about black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that you saw- uh, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that one. It's on my list. It's, it's my like. List. It- I made a big old list that was very ambitious <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I missed a few, uh, but that, that one's high on the list. Eve's Bayou also, I haven't seen yet, but like several friends of mine mm. have mentioned loving that movie as kids. And like, I saw a thing, uh, it came up in horror noir, I think. Um, and it just looked really interesting. Uh, yeah. 
that well that was what ashtar said like kind of echoed my what i one of the things i loved about moonlight was like like uh mahershala ali's character like even though he's a what gabby you got fireworks going crazy or so you're just laughing stop yeah i think they're oh. gonna know. uh but like mahershala ali's character like is a drug dealer but he's also like super kind and gentle and thoughtful you know and it's just like you don't get to see that represented like ever (laughs) yeah it's just very refreshing i don't know um yeah uh we had a few other things We're, we're getting running on time here but uh let me see here uh ashtar had some recommendations for shows uh, they're a Wu Tang clan, so or a Wu Tang <laughs> stan. So they're saying that Wu Tang and American Saga is a oh, good TV good. show. They say it's pretty cliche, but <laughs> they like it. And every every episode <laughs> shares a name like Wu Tang clan song. Was that sorry? I like the execution. Yeah. Um, it took way too long to get through things. It was like, dude, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> There's like ten of them, and it's like ten damn stories <laughs> like, you know, it's like oh, to know if i can too <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it uh it was well done at times okay cool. at times it, it could, each episode was almost like its own thing it was crazy oh okay okay I think they really just really had fun with it you know another uh another jim jarmusch link up rizza and jizza show up in coffee and cigarettes oh yeah yeah and bill um, murray is so funny because he's just like rizza Jizza, <laughs> he just says it like so lightly. <laughs> I love um, anyway, they also brought up Insecure, which my roommate Omar is watching, and he was I just talking about how amazing it is. Yeah, um, and I've seen like snippets of him of it from him watching it, and it looks really good. The lighting is really the cool. Music in Insecure is like best in class. I watched the show with um, what's it called? Uh, the app where you like click the button and it tells you what song's oh, playing Shazam. Yeah, yeah yeah i open it with i watch it with shazam open on my phone because like every five seconds they play an awesome song and that I'm was like, me oh, with that was me with like legion and stuff i'm oh, always yeah. just like oh what song is it oh what song is it <laughs> um i lost where i was but whatever uh we ran out of time for that other stuff uh <laughs> <laughs> uh we haven't even talked about the five bloods i oh, liked yeah. it I liked it too. Dennis <laughs> turned it off. <laughs> I thought it was oh, I thought it was good. I thought it was alright. Okay, I mean, it's not his best movie, but no. What do you know. say, Dennis? I, I said, is that like a good history lesson that you got? I mean, I'm just like, what is happening with this movie? It was <laughs> like, why, why are we? Why, why are you stopping the movie to tell us about you know? So and so did this and back in history. Fucking <laughs> tell me the story. <laughs> God, it's a bummer because the the second half goes just full story, pretty much. Does it? Oh, I'm, yeah. I didn't. Get that. Yeah, yeah. If you I, if you stopped, you said you stopped at the when they're on the boat, right? I saw the, the guy was trying to sell them that chicken. Yeah, uh, first, that's basically the from quarter. there. I literally missed it. <laughs> yeah, it's like from there. It's basically just full steam ahead. Um, yeah. I think my main problem with it, I just didn't feel the bonds between anyone, but maybe that was kind of the point because they had been through war, but I just like didn't feel the bond and the brotherhood between these characters. Mm-hmm. And then like the random like landmine lady, like she's yeah, showing up. 
Yeah. There, is some, that. there is some Deus Ex French girl. Yeah, yeah, as soon as I and, saw her and she was like, yeah. I work with a landmine company, I was like, oh, someone's getting blown up yeah. by a landmine oh, yeah. later. Multiple <laughs> someones. Spoiler alert. Yes. Well, yeah, it's also like... Feel the bomb. There, it's very much like... There has to be a better... This is a filmmaking thing, that a nitpick, where it's like so many movies, like anytime the, the, the camera is in the passenger seat facing this way you're like they're gonna get hit they're gonna get sideswiped you know but, and like anytime anyone's in vietnam walking backwards you know they're yeah. gonna step on a line mm-hmm. there has to be a better way to set, block your shots yeah, I know. block your scenes man I, I i think in some ways you can take advantage of like that filmic language yeah like, oh you see a gun in this you know in the first act it's gonna go off it better go off in the third like Chekhov's gun yeah yeah exactly you I think some some movies take advantage, some movies and shows or whatever, some media takes advantage of that filmic language. Well, that, I mean, that we the car example but. that I gave, like there are a lot of shows that raise tension because of the filmic language of a car accident and that nobody gets in a car accident. It's just like yeah. you think they're going to. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorites is No Country for Old Men when the camera is facing one way and then he gets hit by a car from the camera side of the car. Like you you don't see the car coming. The car just suddenly goes and you're like, Oh, (laughs) haven't seen that before. Um, Really good car crash in Atlanta in the barber episode. Um, Because you, he, uh, uh, Alfred knows they're going to get in a car accident and he just keeps saying, baby, look at the road, baby, look at the road. (laughs) And he just (laughs) won't look around. You're like, they're going to get an accident. And they do. It's really good. I, uh, I think that's my favorite episode. Was that Black Dynamite? Or I saw a movie re- very recently where they like made a joke about that. Where like, yeah, it was Black Dynamite, I think, where uh, one of the bad guys was driving away, and he just like straight up. It was rear projection, like on purpose, but he just straight up wasn't looking at the, you know, he's like turned around <laughs> talking for like a minute. <laughs> it's just like, that movie's hilarious, man. Oh, yeah, I like that movie. Like the 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 music, just singing what the scene is about. <laughs> yep. like, I laugh every time he enters a room and it goes dynamite, dynamite. The the funeral for the thing is like I'm at my friend's funeral. Like the song is just saying what's happening. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. it's so good, dude. Um. Uh, anyway, whatever. We, I could talk with you guys forever. This has been a blast. Uh, we're just going to skip to the quote challenge here at the end of the show. Uh, patron what? Saint. What? The what? The quote, the quote challenge. I don't know what that is. You don't know what that is? Well, it's easy. No. Um, oh, wait. I need the... Uh, I always forget to include the shout-out tier in my current... Uh, in the th- Quick! Bloodworth. What's... The shout out, shout outs. I always forget to write that down. Uh, <laughs> you too could be in the illustrious shout out tier on patreon.com slash easy allies, uh, where I will forget to put it in my notes and not want to screw up the names. Uh, what, what tier uh, is that? It's expensive. Uh, anyway. What? <laughs> If you have to ask, you can't afford money. It's a steal for for two hundred fifty dollars. 
There we go. For only two hundred fifty dollars. For only two hundred. For half of what the sponsorship slot used to cost. <laughs> uh, before we partnered up with Roost. Fifty percent off. You can get a shout out. <laughs> just Remember for you. Time off for for you, me. half price. Just for you and five other people. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Tokyo Slim, patron saint of reaction shots, uh, brings us the quote challenge. So last month, Huber, uh, we uh, missed two of them. Looks like we got three, nice. but we missed two. We missed. Okay. Uh, and we can 60%. see if you guys. Yeah, you can see if you guys know this one. Is that really what my hair looks like from the back? Oh, oh. God, that's so. Oh um, God, we were very. This. We thought it was very familiar last time too. I mean, it's Jazam of quotes. Okay. <laughs> Wait, uh, what is that from? We guessed Bill and Ted, which was a good guess. I stand by that guess. Guess, but uh, it was Hermione and Harry Potter Hermione. and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Uh, a, a film series that just came to be. No author, just happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, apparated into existence from nobody. Apparated, yeah. Not based on anything. They just came up with eight movies. Uh, Gracie is pregnant. R- wait, the other you one. know. Huh? Who? Oh, you know, um, Mindy Kaling. Yeah. The, how she got her job writing for the office was she and her friend wrote a play called Matt and Ben where Matt Damon oh, and yeah. they played Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and the script for Goodwill Hunting falls from the sky. And they like, <laughs> I don't know what happens after that, but like Greg Daniels saw her do that play and was like, you're good. Come right for me on the office. So that's that. And that's how, that's exactly what happened with Harry Potter. So amazing. Yeah. It literally just fell out of the sky. Um, is that it? Uh, so the next quote was Gracie is pregnant, which we had no idea. And apparently it's what Spock says to the marine biologist at the Monterey Aquarium after diving into the whale tank and mind melding with the female humpback whale Gracie in Star Trek for the voyage home. Great. <laughs> what? I know um, less than nothing about Star Trek. <laughs> so, oh, please no more Star Trek quotes. Yeah. <laughs> They're here by band. Um, and then we got the other three right. Uh, but I don't remember what they are. All right, so this month's quote challenge will be to name the actor that said each quote, and it's Ooh. multiple choice. Oh, crush uh, this. Confidence. So don't be too confident. Uh, <laughs> the first one is, I could rip out your nose or snip off your lips, but you'd, you've been looking where you shouldn't, so it's your eyes that should be punished, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take an eye. All right, I spoke too soon. Dude. Yeah, uh, but the, the it's either Mahershala Ali, Denzel Washington, or Morgan Freeman. What? Uh, Dennis, help us out here. It's the thing, I don't think it could be Mahershala <laughs> Ali because we. I think it's Morgan Freeman. In that much stuff, I also think it's. Or is it, it Morgan Freeman in... like God? No, it's probably God. <laughs> That'd be pretty dark for. for, for uh, I, I, Bruce Almighty. Uh, it might be Denzel. It might be Training Day. Could be. Sounds sounds about right. Sounds like something that character would say. Eh, I don't know. We're gonna no. we're gonna ace this gang. No. Uh, everyone knows when you make an assumption, you make an ass out of you and umption. That's <laughs> Reginald Vell Johnson, Ernie Hudson, or Samuel L. Jackson. 
I have no idea. This is Samuel Jackson. This is not a game. I'm gonna say Ernie Hudson. Okay. I guess we could all split push and then one of us would be right. We all just (laughs) take a different answer. Game the system. I'll I'll say Reginald Johnson. Okay. There's no prize. (laughs) Just the less shame (laughs) for not knowing. Um, I don't don't have any shame. (laughs) Yeah, no. These are obscure. Tokyo Slim is... uh, I don't know Lenny. You see, friendship is more than one person constantly doing favors for another. I don't know, Lenny. You see, friendship is more than one person constantly doing favors for another. Huh? That's advice in men. Oh. Uh, Well, the choices are Viola Davis, Maya Rudolph, or Angela Bassett. I have no clue on this one. No, less clue. Say it again. The clue? The, The quote? No, the 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 actresses. Viola Davis, Maya Rudolph, or Angela Bat and Angela Bassett. It sounds like it's from Of Mice and Men, but who's named Lenny in that? Am I crazy? Are the two no, main that's characters? Lenny. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, you scared me. No, yeah, I was thinking of the wrong thing. I don't know. Shout Angela out to Bassett. Angela Bassett, dude. Yeah. Maya Maya Rudolph was. And then mini movies, wasn't it? So. Yeah. Tokyo <sighs> Slip showing up just to embarrass all of us. Seriously. Uh, all right, here's the next one. Girls have to deal with men in their lives who every day they don't listen to them. They don't ask them what they want. All we got to do is ask them what they want. And when they tell you, it's a beautiful thing, man. We're like healers or something. I've seen this and I know the answer to this. It's Jamie Foxx, Michael B. Jordan, or Donald Glover. I know the answer to this. This is from Magic Mike XXL. That's Donald Glover. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> is the second one better than the first? That's that what I used. Really I have not seen the first one, but I've seen the second one several times because I have a friend, a friend group, and we call ourselves a coven. <laughs> No, no, no. And we always end up watching Magic Mike XXL and then Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> back to back. It's happened Add three times. Magic to that list. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, last one. Ah, oh, the milk went bad while I was in jail. It's Halle Berry, Pam Greer, or uh, Taraji P. Henson. Uh, I, I hope it's Pam Greer. I got to meet her one time and she was awesome. Ooh, cool. I, I... I'll say Tarja P. Henson. Okay, so I'm going to take it. Halle Berry and then we're yeah. covered. <laughs> All right, well, we did terribly. Yes. <laughs> Tokyo oh. Slim, go easy, man. I think because oh. he like went even harder because there were multiple choice or yeah, something. Yeah, there were multiple choice so we went hard. I knew oh. one of them. I'm, I'm, I'm confident on the Donald Glover one. Uh, rip out your nose. Snip off your lips. That's so graphic. Cooey. What was that Lenny one? Can you read that Lenny one again? I don't know, Lenny. You see, friendship is more than one person constantly doing favors for another. It just, it sounds like straight out of Mice and Men, but no way any of those actresses were in of Mice and yeah. Men. <laughs> the stage productions, too? I'm like, what is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be rough. It once played it on stage. Yeah, this play in Newark. 
where Maya Rudolph <laughs> off Broadway, <laughs> off, 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 off Broadway. One showing. Community theater. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, uh, the shout-outs are probably Blue, Caleb Togi Crawford, El Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, and Jesse Blue, who's changed their name to Black Lives Matter uh, on Patreon. So, shout out to you. Thank shout you so out. much. Um, couldn't do it without you. Uh, and I'll remember next month to actually make sure of the list. I'm sorry if I was wrong. But shout out to to all of you anyway. Um, I want to thank Gabby and Dennis. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank this you. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for inviting us. Uh, yeah, this was good. I liked I liked this episode. Happy Hopefully, pause. what? <laughs> that pregnant pause was. Funny. Yeah, I I don't know I don't know. Um, it's really warm in here, <laughs> so I kind of just was like, I've been wanting to turn my fan on, but I'm like, can I leave the frame? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. mine was unplugged i didn't leave <laughs> you literally can't yeah. when you start a zoom call you're like a mime trapped in a box <laughs> uh well thank you both so much thanks huber my illustrious co-host um hopefully everyone enjoyed this listening and watching along at home we actually do know what next month's theme is uh because the game ghost of tsushima is coming out it's a samurai game we are doing samurai movies Um, and we will have special guests matthew walden and tokyo slim on the show to talk about samurai films i am going to talk for 45 minutes about 13 assassins and how it's the best movie ever (laughs) for as long as the battle is at the end of 13 assassins i will talk about 13 assassins um, but no, that's another one. I've got to do a lot of homework. I, uh, need to see seven samurai, for example, Dude, <laughs> it's a blind spot for me. I haven't seen Best it ever. I'm ashamed. Uh, but yeah, I love Ron. Minutes. I don't know if that counts. What's that? What? Nine minute sex nine scenes in there? No, no probably, probably not. not seven samurai. <laughs> Kurosawa wasn't known for having nasty <sighs> sexy. <laughs> so you and Gabby are out. <laughs> Sorry. Pervy old Gabby. I just have one question. I feel like you guys are the right place. Uh huh. Where can my oldest daughter find a Nintendo Switch? She's been trying to get her hands on one. Oh, my friends on one on Craigslist recently. That was. Oh, uh, what is that? My friends. Uh, oh, whoa. Everything all right? April alert. Yeah, you'll probably get one in a second. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, yep. There it is. Uh, endangered elderly. Um. Yeah, uh, my friends, Dennis, who are super, super adept at getting hard-to-get Nintendo hardware, uh, recommended a site to me that is called, I guess, BrickSeek? Brick. Fireworks. BrickSeek.com? Okay. Don't know. Somehow they know what stores are going to stock the night before. <laughs> and my friends are crazy, and they get up really early, but they say that you look on BrickSeek, and you'll see like, oh, the target by us is going to have, or like the target over wherever is going to have four this morning. So you go there when the store opens and you try to get one. And they say that that's been their fail safe method. Uh, they got a Animal Crossing switch that way. They got like two or three of the NES classics back when those were hot. 
yeah, so that's how they do it. I hey, don't man. know. I appreciate it. That was gold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while we're talking about websites, check out blackandsexy.tv. Yeah. Dennis's company. It looks cool. And watch Dennis's movie. I enjoyed it. Thank enjoyed you it. for being a guest. Oh, we've, we've lost your audio suddenly. But I could tell that you said you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, yeah, he's doing sign language now. Well, anyway, we're closing out anyway, so we might as well just go for it. But thank you for watching and listening. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Next month, I mean. Happy Juneteenth, yeah. Bye-bye. Next month, see you. <laughs>